0: Hi, my name's Nia Singleton and I'm a woman working in a man's world. The steel industry is overwhelmingly male. Only 11% of Tata Steel's UK workforce are women. So I've been on a bit of a mission to seek out and speak to some of those 11%. The women who laid the foundation stones for others like me to walk upon. Role models, inspirational figures, high flyers and those who are at the start of their careers. Across this series, they will be sharing their experiences and how they've been able to make their mark in what has traditionally been a male space. So join me for a conversation with the women of steel. Today's guest is Natalie Phillips. Natalie is currently a production specialist refractory maintenance at Tata Steel's Talbot Sites Blast Furnace number no. 4. What a mouthful. But Natalie has enjoyed a dynamic and colourful career to date. Joining the Royal Navy after a bet with her father and his friends in 1999, Natalie successfully enjoyed a career as a weapons engineering officer for over a decade, having two of her three children whilst in service. She has operational campaign medals for service in Afghanistan, Sierra Leone and Libya. From the Navy, she began her career in steel, working as an operations planner for Hasco and as an advanced refractories technician for Vesuvius. It's quite a CV to date Natalie, what a woman you are truly, but to think this journey began as a result of a bet with your dad and his mates when you were working as a barmaid in your local worker men's club, I mean, how does that even happen? Well, <laughs> I was a
1: barmaid, um, I started as a barmaid as uh, 15 and I attempted college I wasn't a great one for sitting in the classroom and my dad basically told me I needed to get a better job Yeah. so I had a bet say right fine I'll join the forces and he said you won't last three months and all his mates what he didn't know was I couldn't leave for three months as a minimum so (laughs) unless I got kicked out he'd already lost a bet.
0: Ask he didn't know. (laughs) That's absolutely brilliant. So, how old were you when you joined the Navy? So,
1: I joined up uh, when I was 16. Yeah. And I joined just after my uh, 17th birthday.
0: That must have been quite nerve-wracking, mind you. Was Uh, it just, you know, to leave, what you know, all you'd ever known and then just to join the Navy?
1: Yeah, it was was nerve-wracking. I can remember standing on the train station at Neath with my parents and a couple of my friends saying, right, see you later, thinking, wow, I'm joining the Royal Navy, I can't even
0: swim. Oh, no way!
1: Yeah,
0: I thought that was, surely was a rec- like a prerequisite. <laughs> well, or did you lie? No, I didn't lie. I didn't lie. They never
1: asked me. They did ask me before I jumped in the pool, and obviously they didn't believe me, and had to pull me out with a stick. Oh no! So I think it took me uh, two weeks, two weeks to learn to swim
0: and uh, pass the pass the test. <laughs> so you joined the navy then, and you like literally, literally thrown in the deep end, um, but. How did you find that then? Because you were there for over a decade.
1: Yeah, so I was in the Navy for 14 years. I started off as a, an operator mechanic in radars and weapons. Basically, you had sort of two two sort of roles. You started part of your career in the operations room, yeah. uh, watching a radar display go round and round and round, <laughs> which bored me. <laughs> yeah. um, it had some exciting times, but generally you could have periods where you didn't even see a ship. So, so is it is
0: it just that you know that blue bloop, leap,
1: bloop leap. oh yeah. my word yeah. yeah so and then the other part was as a as a as a gunner yeah so just before my eighteenth birthday we went down to Sierra Leone and luckily for me I wasn't in the operations room I was actually on the twenty mil uh, cannon so yeah. it was it was more interesting so as a gun buster yeah. rather than sitting in so it's a bit exciting as a almost eighteen year old yeah. not quite but. Uh, but yeah.
0: Plinkin X. So you joined just after your seventeenth birthday, and then like by the time you're eighteen, you're operating like big guns. Yeah. at the other side of the world. Yeah. How many people then are on this ship with you?
1: So my first ship was HMS Ocean, which was a helicopter carrier, and it had a very small ship's company of only around about uh, two hundred. Um yeah. but then its main task was to transport Royal Marines uh, so it had a couple of thousand um, on there. Oh so again, the majority of men to women yeah. was uh, was very different.
0: So how long are you on these ships for then? Is it like months at a time or is it like it a couple be, of weeks? It,
1: it can be. It all depends on what your operations are. So you could go away for a couple of weeks just on the, an exercise. Yeah. Um, or it could be, right, you deploying for three, four, five, nine months and then maybe back alongside for a
0: couple of weeks and then back away then for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that then, being so young and and just away from all of your friends and family and all you've ever known, really? You'd be surprised how quick you actually meet new
1: people and they become become your family. Yeah. You're, you're living in maybe a 30, 40-man um, mess. Yeah. So with 40 bunk beds in a space of... Well, probably maybe the size of two good-sized living rooms, oh my and God. Uh,
0: yeah. So pardon my ignorance now. Then, so you're in like it's like mixed m- mixed m- bedrooms. No, 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 <laughs> no, no ensuite. <laughs> well, it's not. It's not mixed in gender,
1: right? Okay, um, but uh, there's no ensuite.
0: No. <laughs> No, you know, turning down the bed sheets at night. <laughs> no, there's no, no. So
1: it's a uh, three-man three-man bunks. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you've probably got less than half a metre between each uh, sort of bunk, so your gully, as you yeah. uh, call it. And, uh, yeah, you had no TV because um, obviously you didn't have a signal. No, You had no mobile <laughs> no. phones, no internet. Yeah. Um, so you used to look look forward to a bluey, they used to call it, which was like a, just a blue envelope um, yeah. that was free of charge that family and friends from back home could oh, send lush. back and forth. Yeah. So when you did dock in, you used to wait for the mail and your parents would send you a parcel. And oh, that was
0: a big highlight. Yeah, I can imagine it
1: was. Yeah, unless you're somewhere nice and uh, warm and they send you chocolate biscuits. <laughs> and by the time you've opened <laughs> it, they've all
0: melted. <laughs> oh, thanks, ma'am. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. So you're on now this ship, so you could be there for for many months. Mm-hmm. But at some point, um, during this career, now you meet your partner, or your husband, and then you get pregnant. Now, how does that work when you're in the navy? Do do they then just like put you on home rest? I don't know, like, whatever it's called. No, so
1: obviously you've got shore bases as yeah, well, right? So um, they'll put you shore based um, whilst you're pregnant. But I was actually doing my engineering degree at HMS Collingwood yeah. um at the time I fell pregnant with my first child so I was doing my degree whilst pregnant yeah. so it didn't impact my yeah. sort of uh deployment time
0: so worked up nicely I suppose then it it did but obviously
1: he was only what uh 13 months I think he was when I joined finished my course yeah and joined my first well my my second ship after that and uh Luckily for me, that was a fishery protection, so I've gone from one extreme to another extreme. Yeah. Um. So it was fishery protection that one was, and it was basically around the UK waters.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. Problem is, I got seasick, and it was a very small boat.
0: Oh no. So
1: uh, is there nothing they can give you for that? Then is there no, like you know
0: I found old housewife tales that <laughs> like go around the navy or whatever? I found that if
1: you kept your belly full, and it didn't swish around, so you wasn't <laughs> sick. So, oh my word! Yeah. Or you knew what parts of the ship to uh, to go up to and yeah, which ones corkscrewed, which ones went up and down and which ones was all right to stand. So was that like, were they like day, you know, back and forth in a day type of thing? No, this, so, so what you did, um, they used to do 30 days at sea, um, two days alongside, 30 days at sea, and then you had two weeks off. So it's quite a nice yeah. sort of routine. But yeah, you're 30 days at sea, it, I was a weapon engineering officer on the Mersey, so I dealt with everything from radars to at this point, um TVs. We did have a, oh, we that's did have a nice. sky satellite. We did have a sky satellite. <laughs> yeah. So um I had the sky satellite to it, all the communications, all the weapons. Yeah. Um there was a lot to it. But it was it was interesting and it was good. Uh we also did then, we were part of the the boarding party. Yeah. So we used to have to board. From small fishing boats to large merchant uh, yeah. fishing boats. And yeah.
0: To check that they had the right to be in the waters, was so it? So that their quota was right, that right. Their,
1: their net sizes were right, et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera.
0: But et yeah. uh, But yeah, you used to come up against some. Uh, well, yeah, I can only imagine because it gets its so heated in the news at the moment, isn't it? Around, you know, fishing and, and fishing channels and things. And I don't think I'd want to be in the middle of that. So you'd have to escort them
1: into shore um, and yeah. detain them until, you know, the Marine Fishing Agency came. Yeah. Um,
0: so no, but it was it was something different, but yeah. it, it wasn't what I joined up for. No, no. So when did you go back then into sort of more active service? So
1: I completed, um, completed my time on HMS Mersey. And on completion of the Mersey, you join HMS Clyde, which is down in the Falklands. But I actually fell pregnant with my second child then, <laughs> right? Um, so I went shore based. Yeah. So I was teaching then in HMS Collin, I was teaching uh, other recruits, uh, Royal Navy reserves, and um, other personnel yeah. about weapons yeah. um, as an armorer. So that was that was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, eight months pregnant running <laughs> walking around with a a gpmg general purpose machine gun um <laughs> it, lo- it looked it looked different but, uh, but yeah it was it was good yeah so i had my daughter and uh unfortunately then after about uh, 6 months uh, i was on maternity leave it was when they made all the redundancies mm-hmm. in all the armed forces yeah. really so i had a phone call uh from what we used to call it drafty. Yeah. So the person that used to draft you to your uh, your ships or your shore establishments to say that, right, the close range maintainer on HMS Liverpool is being made redundant. Yeah. Um, we need you to join HMS Liverpool, which is currently down Libya. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm. I've only just given birth. And am
0: breastfeeding.
1: Yeah, yeah, basically. So, um, so it was like, right. So when am I going? two weeks time I was like oh man. gosh that doesn't that doesn't give me much time no. and then three days later I had a different assignment order to say no actually you're joining next week so it was like wow yeah right so trying to get everything in place uh obviously um my partner Dan at the time we were both living in Gosport in uh, next to Portsmouth yeah so my family are obviously from Wales yeah his family were from North London so we had no family so yeah. It was just Dan, and obviously, we already had Lucien, our our son, and we just had Holly. So it was like, oh gosh, are we going to manage this now? Yeah,
0: literally, yeah. So
1: it was like, how long are you going to wait for? Don't know, because it could be a couple of months, it could be nine months. So it was like, right. So Dan was working for Sky as yeah. An engineer at the time, he'd left the navy a couple of years beforehand, so he was working for Sky. And in all fairness, Sky were really, really supportive yeah. and allowed him to just work, um, days yeah. uh, during the weekday and have the weekends off. And we had childcare, yeah. so but yeah, he he literally had to uh bring up uh two, two toddlers, two, you know, a toddler and a, a newborn, really. new yeah, yeah,
0: so you know. As as mothers, we feel guilt. And I know I felt tremendous guilt coming back to work full time. <laughs> it's only like 10 miles down the road. Um, now, if Tim Rutter, my boss, said to me, um, right, we're deploying you to Libya, <laughs> you know, I'm breastfeeding with a six-month-old, that guilt would have been, like, astronomical. Uh, how did you, how did you manage, physically, how did you manage that? Because, you know, if you're breastfeeding and then you can't just, like, can't turn off a tap, you can't just give that up, that's a pool process.
1: It was painful, yeah, in both ways. <laughs> um, but uh, it's what I signed up for, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, it's what it's what I had to do. So I went along with it. Well, yeah. I had no option. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we were away for I think it was around about seven months. So by the time I got back, Holly had, was walking. Yeah. So I missed a massive part of uh, of her life. Uh, so at the end of HMS Liverpool decommissioned and after decommissioned the decommissioned Liverpool, I was I was supposed to be joining HMS Illustrious. Yeah. Uh, but whilst I was on the Liverpool, Dan had phoned me. I think I was I was in Norway and he phoned me up and he says, I'm transferring my job, I'm moving to Wales with the children. Yeah. And part of me was a bit peed off. Yeah. Thinking, wow, well, well, I can't just come home. To Gosport where the house is yeah and maybe for a, one or two days and then be a weekend warrior trying to get back and forth to wales to see yeah. the children and i thought
0: because i suppose you'd left him and now he was making all of these big decisions, decisions. as a family for you because you were out, out of the picture in a way yeah
1: yeah so i put my 12 months notice in yeah so you have to put 12 months Ooh, notice. 12 months so I. yeah i know we all complain <laughs> about Two weeks now, twelve <laughs> months notice. Um, yeah and in that time, um I fell pregnant on my
0: third. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, of a punishment. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So um I didn't join HMS Illustrious. Yeah. Which in a way I was quite glad because my sister-in-law was on there and I thought, oh gosh, that's all I need now. <laughs> um well, I say my sister-in-law, I class her as my sister-in-law because yeah. we were together for twelve years. Yeah. Um she was more more or less a sister-in-law. Yeah. So uh, I joined HMS Collingwood again as in the weapons department. Yeah, And because obviously Dan and the children were living in Wales at this yeah. stage, I was stuck in the show establishment. So I spoke to my divisional officer at the mm. time and I said, Is there any chance that I can go to the careers office in Swansea just yeah. to bide my last sort of three months yeah. out. Pregnant, it'll give me time to go to yeah. the, you know, maternity yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, not a problem. So I went to Swansea Careers office yeah. as a careers advisor um, for my last three months. And l- luckily, I've managed to spend a lot more time with my youngest than yeah. obviously what I did with my, uh, what I missed with yeah. my, my two eldest. But uh, you, you can see the difference in them as well. Mm. You can see that my eldest are two military kids and just... <laughs> get on with everything. Yeah. Whereas my youngest is very much uh, a mommy's boy and-
0: Yeah. yeah but perhaps be... you overcompensated on him as well. I think so, yeah, know?
1: I think so. And plus, uh, obviously I realized when, when I did leave the Navy and me and Dan were living together constantly, we realized that we couldn't live
0: together. <laughs> Yeah. so um, we're still best friends yeah. um, but, <laughs> but I suppose what, when your relationship is at the start when it's based on not being together for long periods of time I would imagine that that's quite difficult then for for many couples who are in that situation well, yeah, to come back
1: to you're more best friends really yeah. and, you know, you see each other once in a blue yeah. moon sort of thing and then when you're stuck with each other and you can see their habits and it's just like, <laughs> right, that's
0: grinding you down <laughs> didn't now. know about that <laughs> Yeah, so um so yeah. So in this time now then Dan and moves with the children back to Wales and to live close to you were family then. Yeah. Um so he didn't he didn't move to be in North London by his. So I suppose that was quite lucky for you in a way then to be around and for you now to be back in Wales and around your family with the children.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um obviously I left and we were living at my parents for a while where we found somewhere yeah. that we went to the to sort of stay together. And uh, I left the Navy February the 1st, 99. My elf, my youngest even, was born on the 16th of January. Yeah. He, he came a couple of weeks early. He was the odd one out he <laughs> was. So um, I was on maternity leave and and I just got sort of yeah. paid out then. So I, I did my maternity and I think in May, I had the opportunity arose uh, with Nick Tag and Haskell uh, for a job within yeah. PASCOs. And it was probably a bit of a made-up job. They wanted more women yeah. in the in the organization. Yeah. Uh, so I joined as the operations planner as for, in Cork and Iron. I had a couple of options, actually. Um, it was like, right, I had that option. Or I had BT because whilst I was actually pregnant uh, on my sort of resettlement, as they call yeah. it, it was like right. I need to find a job. Yeah. I'm eight months pregnant. Well, what on earth? Who's going to employ somebody who's eight months pregnant? Yeah. So, the navy do a, a sort of transition sort of, and they've got a lot of career transition yeah. sort of workshops. Mm. And BT were one of them. And BT offered me a job.
0: Yeah.
1: And I said, well, you do realize? I said, I'm eight months I can pregnant. see this canoe? You, you've sent you've sent me this pack to say that I've got a climb as part of my sort of training. I've got to climb up um, vertical ladders onto telegraph poles. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, 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 My yeah. My centre of gravity is slightly up at the minute. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, yeah, that's that's fine. You know, we don't discriminate. I said, yeah, but I don't think you're really ca- getting what I'm saying here. No, it's fine as long as you get a doctor's note. And I was like, really? <laughs> so I actually went to the doctor's and I went, You wouldn't believe what I'm going to ask you, but can I have a doctor's note to tell me I can climb up a telegraph pole (laughs) as part of training? You weren't going to even do that, surely. So they did come back um about a week later. Actually, we've thought about what you've said, Natalie. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you come back after you've had the baby, I think yeah. yes. It, it sounds a bit more sensible that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's nuts. yeah, we don't discriminate. <laughs> I am a bit worried about me. my health. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you ended up you d- you came to Haskell then. So this then is your start um of working in steel, basically. And being a local uh woman, you you've live within the shadow of the works. You know, I know you're from Britain Ferry, as am I. So, you know, the steelworks is part of our landscape anyway, growing up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Did it feel sort of natural to you that you would end up in the steelworks then with your list of skills? I was actually looking forward to it
1: because I'm, like I said before, from a more male-dominated sort of job sector. Yeah. I enjoy working a lot more with men That's than you do I, do still, I suppose, with as women. Well. Yeah, so you can imagine living with forty women, twenty four seven. It was like PMT twenty four seven. It was horrendous. It was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. So you tend to fell out with the girls, but actually yeah. got on with the boys a lot better. Yeah. So I knew, you know, I could go for an office job. I could do this. I could do that. But I knew I'd, I'd get bored. I, yeah. I'm I'm hands on. Mm-hmm. I like I like dirt. You had. <laughs> We used to call them the pinkies or the, the gunbusters. Yeah. So you had the pinkies who fiddled around with the electrics, <laughs> or you had the gunbusters that were covered in oil.
0: I was <laughs> always covered buster. in oil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you joined then Harsco. And how long were you with Harsco before so you So I wasn't on? with Harsco very long. I joined,
1: I, I think it was just over a year. And uh, unfortunately, I got made redundant. Yeah. So I was like, oh, gosh, and I'm on go. my own. I've got three children. Yeah. What on earth am I going to do? So, luckily, in my time at the uh, I got to know sort of uh, people from Acon yeah. um, recruitment, etc., etc. And I can't remember his name now, but I, I spoke to the the person and I said, "Listen, keep an eye out for some jobs for me." Yeah. And he was like, "What are you?" I said, "Anything, <laughs> absolutely anything." So he phones me up and he's like, "Nat," he says, um, "I've got one perfect for you." I said, oh, what's that then? He went, Australia. They lo- <laughs> they're looking for a weapon engineer. I was like, all right. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I'd consider it. <laughs> <Just move> it. <laughs> Maybe I'll get Dan back and move halfway around the world sort of thing. Yeah. So I thought about it and I mentioned it to him and he was just like under my dead body yeah. sort of thing. So I was like, mm, okay, I do understand where he's coming from, but yeah. I thought, I thought it would have been nice. <laughs> and then he, he, he called me back up and he says, right, there's another one. He says, Vesuvius, I'm um, looking for a sales support technician in refractories. I was just like, refractories? I said, what's that? Yeah, I didn't have an absolute yeah. clue. So I went for the interview, and obviously I'd been on the blast furnace and I'd been around coke and iron and that. Yeah. So um, I went for the interview with Vesuvius uh, on site and within, well, two days, yeah. they, they were like, you, you've, you've got the job, you said, oh, so I was like, oh, that was a relief.
0: Yeah, weight off your shoulders, I bet. So,
1: but I still didn't know what I was getting myself in for. I still didn't know what a refractory was. <laughs> yeah. um, Learn it. <laughs> but I thought, well, <laughs> well, we'll see. Yeah. So that was, uh, I think it was 2014. Yeah. I joined Vesuvius and I thought, right, okay. So I started as the tapple clay yeah. uh, rep on number four furnace yeah. actually. So watching watching the clay and then roles set is sort of changing and I became more involved in the front side refractories. Yeah. Then I got the opportunity then to apply for the job as um, production yeah. specialist in refractories with Reg Bennett Done <laughs> there. And it was covering both furnaces
0: then at the time. And I got the job, and that's where I am now. It's you know, it's so fantastic. And just listening to the way you speak about things, like, well, yeah, you know, they offered a job in Australia, and I didn't think about it. And yeah, you know, I was deployed to Libya for nine months. It's, like, <laughs> it's so matter of fact with these things. It's it's crazy, really. Do you look back now at um, the early part of your career and those early years of, of you know rearing your children? Like, oh my word, how did I even do that? yeah
1: yeah and i look at them now and i still work long hours yeah i'm i'm I am devoted to work i love work and i get bored i, I take a week off by but the sort of Friday i'm like oh gosh yeah um especially if the kids are in school if the kids are off it's yeah. completely different but seeing how my children have grown and what they've grown into i'm yeah. actually really really proud
0: yeah i imagine that like you say they look really resilient kids as well yeah, and they don't rely
1: on me solely. They're quite independent. Well, yeah. with exception of my youngest, as I, <laughs> I said, he's uh,
0: <laughs> you, you, but that's the baby for you anyway. Isn't yeah, it? and to be honest,
1: it's quite nice. Yeah, um, but my ten-year-old daughter and my fourteen-year-old son, they'll cook for themselves. I got home last night, and he, in all fairness. <laughs> for, I mean, not all the time but he made a change he'd actually emptied the washing machine oh, and put the God. tumble dryer on <laughs> it was probably because he'd used all the towels but, yeah. uh, <laughs> or he wanted to do something yeah. but yeah but but no it's given them the responsibilities as well um because I, and it might be just me but i just find that a lot of people from when i was a child and he was just literally Right, you knew when it was tea time is when when the lights went out yeah there was no such thing as mobile phones etc yeah. street lights oh street lights came on it was like time get to your, get home get your bum home sort of thing yeah and uh your parents didn't know where you was <laughs> i'd be up britain fairy woods or Bagland woods <laughs> yeah and uh yeah and that was like when you were from about five yeah. really <laughs> but nuts. then i look at my daughter now and i think oh, actually,
0: where are you going? Yeah. And she's ten. It's she's like, you're not home. gonna little test goes on your own. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, you're not gonna you're not gonna no, you're not you ain't gonna town. Yeah. And it's just like they're off, they're out out and about. I'll I'll message Lucian, what are you up to today? And he's like, Oh, I'm just at Bagland Mountains. He says I'm gonna walk down to Nan's, have some food and I'll cycle home. Hmm. I'm like Okay. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> See you
0: later. He'll get home and he's made you a, He's made you tea and it's just oh, like... Oh, my word. Oh, do you know, I look forward to those days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when my kids can make me a cup of tea, I'll be like, yes.
1: <laughs> he doesn't do the dishes, though. Wow!
0: Nah, can't have it always. <laughs> no, no, there's that. <laughs> so you're at, in the Blast Furnaces now. And do you feel like this is sort of, not where you belong, but that you've found a long-term career for yourself?
1: Yeah, um... Obviously, doing what I'm doing at the moment, um, I really, really enjoy. It's always something different every single day. Yeah. And every day is not the same. <laughs> and, uh, no, it's really, really enjoyable. And you get sort of pride afterwards yeah. when a job's complete because it is a lot of work yeah. and it's a lot of planning. And you're relying on your teams. And I've always been in a team, yeah. you know, from from the Navy. You're such a cl- you have to rely on people. Yeah. And if you don't rely on people, then that's when things start going wrong. Yeah, it's going not going to
0: get done then, is it? You all have to work together. That's it. So, yeah. um,
1: And, yeah, progression-wise, I'd like to progress. Mm. So I've got uh, Mr Vaughan at the moment <laughs> helping me with my development. Right. In learn- learning about the processes and different things. Yeah. Paul Evans, again, giving me information. I thrive on info. Yeah. It doesn't always sink in, <laughs> but I do thrive yeah. on the info and... I'm always willing to learn and take new challenges, and I think when I start getting bored, that's where my next challenge needs yeah. to be.
0: So, because where you're working now, then there are not many women. But I imagine this—you're sort of used to that anyway from your career history. You wouldn't—you wouldn't really have been around a lot of women.
1: No, so on the, I think on the actual cast house floor, generally see, I, I see myself and um, I see Emmy, mm-hmm. who's the engineer in uh, on number five. Uh, but other than that. Uh you see obviously you see women in the control room offices, yeah. but generally on a cast house, no, it's mostly male dominated.
0: Yeah. And do you feel different? Are you ever made to feel different? No, not at all. I think it's because I'm
1: used to it. I've got yeah. that banter as well. Yeah. And we always have a bit of banter. So no, I uh no. I, I don't think I've I've ever been made to feel different by the people that I work with on the actual cast house yeah. floors.
0: That's really good, though, isn't it? Because I suppose that would be my fear that I would be like ostracised, or you know, well, you can't do it; you're a girl, or whatever, you know. So it's great to you that you just sometimes you're part it's quite of nice showing
1: the boys up, to be honest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that I imagine that would be really good. <laughs> so your ambitions, then, wh- where do you see yourself in sort of like five years' time? What do you what are you hoping to achieve?
1: So in five years' time, I'd love to be manager of one of the furnaces yeah
0: and that would be epic really wouldn't it Because, correct me if i'm wrong i don't think we've had any female works managers oh not works manager i wouldn't go that <laughs> oh right <laughs> <laughs> why not <laughs> no you're right <laughs> no no you're right there <laughs> no just a blast furnace manager will do me <laughs> i'll come back in five years time <laughs> and see where you are and i hope it's works manager <laughs> So finally, uh, what advice would you give to um, maybe actually your daughter now then, um, you know, when she's a little bit older and she's sort of thinking about careers, what, what advice would you would you give? Um, so my
1: daughter, what's she going to be? She wants to be a boxer, I think.
0: Oh, fab.
1: Um, she's very athletic. Yeah. She does triathlons. Um, I think that's her goal. And yeah. she's a very much like me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um all her friends are boys she's a tomboy yeah um and she wants to she wants to do something exciting Mm. and whatever my my children want to do I'd I'd support them in any way that they wanted
0: yeah and I can imagine actually looking at you and your career you know you're probably an inspiration to the three of them you know for somebody who's just go out there and do it and get you know You can achieve whatever you want to because they've seen you do it, haven't they? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Fab. Well, thank you so much for your time and chatting to me today. Um, And like I said, I hope I come back in five years time and you're a works manager. (laughs) (laughs) Fab, thank you. Wow. Now, if that is not a woman of steel, I do not know... Who it would be. Uh, what a fantastic, phenomenal woman. Um, absolutely, just kick ass, you know, um, from joining the Navy, following a bet with her dad and his mates. Um, she then enjoys, you know, a 14-year career, has three of her children, two whilst in active service. And then that story, after, you know, after she on maternity leave with Holly, her middle daughter, um, still breastfeeding and then being told, right, you're going to Libya next week. Um, and she's away on that ship for, for nine, seven months. How that must have felt and how conflicting that must have been for her at the time but knowing you know this is what she signed up to do like she said she had this job there was no other choice and now to see her um moving on in a career with us and Tata Steel but also with some of our Steel family our contractor partners It's really fantastic. And I know she doesn't want to be the works manager. That was, uh, (laughs) she's plainly enough. But honestly, um, you can see that she really is an asset to the organisation and and will go far. Um, Wow, what a woman of steel.